gently this night into all the places where light is needed. Friday morning, I sat in my car in the pelting rain, much like this. Rain pouring down all around me. And after this drought, the water was very welcome. But its sheer force and power surprised me. I also happened to be listening to the inauguration on the radio. I listened to the prayer of the Beatitudes read. I listened to President Trump's speech. I felt the sharp contrast of messages in my body. And as I was taking all of this in and listening to the ceremony, the emergency broadcast system broke in with a high-pitched tone followed by a robotic voice. Flash flood watch, move to higher ground. This felt quite prophetic. And I did indeed need to move to higher ground because I was drowning in despair, fear, and disbelief. I also knew I had a sermon to write for today, and I wasn't feeling it. So I just sat there, breathing through the gathering darkness as the rain pelted down and the flash floods warned. And this wasn't a partisan sadness. It was despair over how blatantly counter to Jesus' values were some of the values proclaimed from that podium. Bible underhand. May the lantern of my heart Burn gently this night, sing with me, into all the places where light is needed. Today's scriptures are saturated with images of light. We have from the prophet Isaiah, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light has dawned. And from the psalm, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom then shall I fear? I know this is true. I know this is true. But it's hard to feel its truth of late in the toxic atmosphere of division in our land. Leave it to the artists to remind me and to help me find the light. On Thursday night, I took part in something called the Ghost Light Project here in town. People gathered outside of theaters across the country on the eve of the inauguration to create light together. And the name for the project, the Ghost Light Project, comes from a tradition in the theater. The ghost light is a single, low-wattage, bare light bulb on a stand that is left burning all night in a darkened theater for safety, to scare ghosts away, and for tradition. And as artists gathered Thursday night, Theaters pledged to create brave spaces of light. Brave spaces of light this coming year. And as I listened to what creating brave space meant, I couldn't help but think of the church. According to the Ghost Light Project, brave spaces are defined as places where it is safe to be who you are, where diverse opinions are invited, where active listening and courageous exchange are fundamental values, where collective action, activism, and community engagement both within and outside the walls of the theater are cultivated, encouraged, 
and supported the Ghost Light Project. And you know, there's a similar tradition in the church that you may or may not know about. Uh, In many Episcopal churches and other churches, there is what's called a sanctuary lamp, uh, a candle that is kept lit at all times, all night long. We have one here. I don't know if you've ever noticed it before. There it is burning steadily. When I came in in the dark early this morning, it was lit. And it represents the Christ, the presence of Christ among us, usually associated with uh, the reserved sacrament that's often stored in that little box under the sanctuary lamp. So just like the theater, we keep a light lit in the church when all else goes dark. The church and the theater have much in common. Both are places where we gather to tell our stories and to remember who and whose we are. And shouldn't the church be a brave space of light, too? Could we be ghost lights, sanctuary lamps? May the lantern of my heart burn gently this night into all the places where light is needed. It takes courage to be a brave space, to create brave space. That's what makes it brave, and Jesus did it so well. Today's gospel story is a favorite of mine. Jesus has just emerged from the darkness, his 40 days of wandering in the wilderness, being tempted by Satan. And he's at the inauguration of his public ministry in the story, which begins by walking around Galilee and calling his first followers, his first disciples. And he walks by the Sea of Galilee, and he sees two brothers casting their, fish, their nets into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he calls to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And then what happens? Immediately, they drop their nets and follow him. Immediately. And they were fishermen. That was their livelihood, their security. But the minute they hear his invitation, they drop those nets and follow him. And Jesus begins his public ministry by walking around town, calling followers to him, and proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And repent doesn't so much mean feel bad as it means, according to a theologian, a response of faith and obedience to the summons of the kingdom. I love that. A response of faith and obedience to the summons of the kingdom. Have you ever responded to a call immediately like that? Something you just knew in your bones that you had to do or to follow. What was it about the summoner? Sometimes I think we are summoned and we answer without realizing it. The image that comes to my mind is like a fishing boat at night on a dark sea. And that little fishing boat shines the brightest of lights and all these little fish are attracted to its glow. They can't help but swim toward it. And I wonder if that's what Jesus means by calling us the light of the world, which he does later in Matthew. What light are we casting into the darkness that people can't help but swim towards? Ghost lights, sanctuary lamps, fishing boats on the sea. May the lantern of my heart 
Burn gently this night Into all the places where light is needed So in the story, Jesus calls people to this kingdom life, the kingdom of heaven, that mysterious kingdom we hear so much about that is so hard to define that Jesus must use metaphors and parables. I like Brian McLaren's attempts to use other words for it. He uses God's reconciling community, God's new way of living, God's dream for creation, God's mission in this world, God's healing of all creation. And Jesus tells us that it has come near in the darkness, within reach, available to everyone, inviting our participation, calling us to rethink everything and to reorient our lives. Jesus tells us it is like a woman baking bread, like a treasure buried in a field, like leaven in the dough, like a tiny seed, like a net catching fish, like millions of women marching across the planet in joy and solidarity. And the kingdom of heaven can also be translated as revolution, a revolution of love. And that is what it felt like marching in the march yesterday. And because of timing and because of everything happening in the world and in our country, there is momentum right now. People are awake. And so as people of faith, we can't sit back and watch as things unfold. On Friday, President Trump put his hand on a Bible and made an oath. So what's our oath? What's our oath? There is one circulating from the Sojourners organization that I wanted to share with you. It's called the Matthew 25 Pledge, and it's one sentence. I pledge to protect and defend vulnerable people in the name of Jesus. And it's a unifying commitment for those on different political sides to join together to defend those who are most vulnerable as a new politics comes to Washington, D.C. And when you sign this pledge, you get connected with a toolkit and simple actions you can take each week. It's great. There's also 100 Days of Action at 100action.org, which is a Christian organization mobilizing churches to action. Not because of what we're against, but because of what we are for. And it's also another great resource. And Jim Wallace, founder of Sojourners, names the three most important things that people of faith can do right now. Support undocumented immigrants threatened with mass deportation. Stand with African Americans and other people of color threatened by racial policing. And defend the lives and religious liberty of Muslims threatened with banning monitoring and even registration. May the lantern of my heart burn gently this night into all the places where light is needed. So Jesus walked by and he saw two brothers casting their nets into the sea. Follow me and I will make you fish for people. And he doesn't just call them, he equips them. I will make you fish for people. So you want to go fishing? The thing is, on Friday and even yesterday morning, I didn't feel like going fishing. I was sad and a little hopeless and a little scared. And the rain poured and the flash floods came and I cried a little. But then yesterday I showed up to March with Zoe. And I made my sign and Zoe made her sign. And what happened next? 
a flash flood of women and men all over the planet came pouring through our streets. A flash flood of love and hope and solidarity and vision and my weeping turned to joy and renewed hope and commitment. I was drowning on Friday, but on Saturday I was caught up by a huge net. This fish was caught. <laughs> I was caught by love. And here I stand, renewed, compelled, summoned. Will you join me? May the lantern of my heart burn gently this night into all the places where light is needed. 